Hi guys, you're with Naya, Brooke, Amanda, Jenny, and this is our podcast we're running in conjunction with our psychology module. So we're just going to talk about some personal concerns we have living as students, um, and this is our first episode, and hopefully if we get enough traction from this, we can kind of continue it. So I'll move you on to Jenny. Every girl has at least one story where they have felt uh, victim harassment and made to feel uncomfortable by sexual and inappropriate actions of another person. Yeah, so I think everyone kind of does have their own personal experience. Um, like a really interesting fact I read up on was from UN Women. So roughly globally, yeah. uh, 736 million women have been subjected to physical and or sexual intimate partner violence or even not from a partner. Um, for at least one time in their life. Uh, that can be broken down to one in three women, which I think is really scary when you think about it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because obviously we know a lot more. Like you can break that down. Everyone has like one friend that they know of or have a personal yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, and that even excludes sexual harassment, you know? Yeah. So like, it is very tricky. It is very, and it is a very sensitive topic. So I will just kind of start off with a trigger warning because we could touch topics of gender-based violence, sexual assault, or abuse. Um, and obviously, if you're not comfortable hearing about those, your best bet is probably just to tune out of the podcast right now, guys. Um, but this is kind of an opening place where we can kind of all talk about our personal opinions and how we feel. So does anyone have any kind of thoughts on that first point? Um, yeah, like... I would just say um, I might speak on some um, personal experiences that I had like it's not even sometimes it doesn't even have to go to as far as sexual assault like it can just be the smallest thing and I feel like as women anyway I'll just talk on women because I am a girl like um, it could be the smallest thing like I was on the bus the other day and uh, I seen a guy like behind me kind of just from the side of your eye that he took a picture of me and he had the flash on and it's just like you probably see online, oh, I was walking down the street and a guy took a picture of me and you're just kind of like, oh, whatever, it's not that big a deal. But honest to God, the feeling that I had, like, what are you going to do with that photo? Like, do you get what I mean? Yeah. It's just the littlest things that make you feel so uncomfortable. No, definitely. And it's very hard to decipher someone's intentions because they might mean it's an entirely innocent thing. But when you're kind of sitting there and you're subject to it, it's very hard to know, mm-hmm. is this person going to follow me when I got off the bus? I'm on my own. Yeah. Where do I go to? You know, and I feel like subconsciously as women, we kind of have to have a plan. Yeah, you know, all the time. Yeah, and um, it's even, sorry, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to say, like, I live a bit farther away from campus. So I have to like, walk home, which is about like a 25 minute walk, which is grand life. But in the dark, I'm just so conscious. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm walking home and it gets dark, I'll like call my mom or my friend or something mm-hmm. like that. Just so like you know, if something does happen, I can say, like, oh, I was on the phone to them, or, like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Or, like, even if I'm not, I I found out that on iPhones, I'm not sure whether it's the same on other uh, phones, but you have this, like, emergency SOS. Yeah. So you press the home button or the, the power button five times, and then it'll, like, contact emergency services. Mm-hmm. So I'm, That's like, great. I'm always, like, having to, like, make sure I know where it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, I did not jump. know that. Thank you, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just, like, just be, oh yeah, always having that idea or like always having mm-hmm. to like look over your shoulder or like make sure someone's yeah. not following you or it's just those like little things that you just you're so aware of. Yeah. And you're just, oh, like just always like hyper aware. That's yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. But little things like that are so scary because I commute and I have to go to two or three different rail stations just to get home. And if I was ever there in the dark, 
it's not a train station that you can like go into like the one in Limerick or like the one in Dublin it's in the middle of nowhere yeah. mm. you're like in a field with the station <laughs> and like if you're on your own there like and it's anywhere near dark even on your own in the daytime and there's like yeah. people around you it's it's, it's so like. scary yeah. because you have no one around you yeah. because you don't live there <laughs> yeah. but that's why I think was so sad like especially we're all in first year right now and I think I don't know if this is the same for everyone, but I was sat down by my parents and I was told, text us every night when you get home or don't walk home alone and this, this, this and this. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. I know nothing against my parents. They raised me amazingly. Yeah. But I have an older brother. He's mm-hmm. one year older than me. And he didn't have to have that conversation. Yeah. And I think it really puts things in perspective in the sense that we have to take all these extra measures. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, well, what does... Me and my brother were like twins because yeah. we're just so close in age. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, he's aware of the issues 100%. And we do have quite open conversations. But it's a case where if we're not making sure people are aware of these things from such a young age and that it's only being talked about with girls, yeah. it's not dealing with the issue. It's the issue is still there. Um, yeah, definitely. So it is, it is very sad. But even from a young age, like in teenage discos, before you went to a disco, I know I, anyway, like in second year had a talk not as extreme but similar yeah. Yeah. even about what to wear yeah before if you're at someone's house what you're allowed and not allowed to mm-hmm. like have to drink if at all like not in second year yeah <laughs> yeah um, like just lots and lots of like precautions that you have to take even with like I suppose not really spiking in a disco but like dressing up and yeah, yeah. like from a young age it's nearly sexualized and you're just like I'm just trying to go to the disco. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But I think even, especially, I think it is such a unique part of Irish culture is teenage discos. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but even then, I started going to teenage discos when I was 14. And the things that we were being introduced to at such a young age, I, I like, not that I don't agree, because it's things that happen anyway, but it's almost common courtesy for a guy to grow up a girl or things like that. And when you're 14, you still don't understand the full complexity of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, the teenager's logic is like, oh my God, he likes me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know oh, what I mean? It's sick, like... Yeah, and it's kind of like, rather than being able to have open conversations, like, oh, I think you look pretty tonight. Yeah. That's yeah. initially what people go straight to. No, um, yeah, and I definitely think, like, I think as well, like, girls and women are sexualized at, like, such a young age. I think, mm-hmm. like, 12, 13, like, it's just, it's such, like, a pivotal part of, like, us growing up and, like, you know, wearing short skirts and stuff like that. It's just like, it's such um, like a part of our lives from such a young age mm-hmm. that we always have to just be aware of. Yeah. That we're always going to be sexualized and like, I don't know. It's just like it's something just always made me like extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the people or like pe- people like men or guys. Yeah. Like you can be viewed that way. You're viewed that way, and it's just like it just makes like I still find it really uncomfortable. I'm still just like, oh my yeah. god, like why would you think of me in that way like if that makes sense it's not like don't drink too much so you're sick in the morning it's don't drink too much so someone doesn't bring you home and assault you like like, and it is that even from whatever age people start drinking in Ireland like it's that you it's just kind of from the other person's perspective the perpetrator's perspective like you cannot be subject to that and it's your own fault if you are Yeah. yeah yeah Like, I think it is really interesting. Like, someone on our research team, Kyle, he even just sent in some um, facts and figures not that long ago. And it was literally just that more than half of drug spiking incidences involve people being injected with needles. And I think that's, like, 
it's inconceivable and to a certain degree like six months ago you would have never thought that someone would go at you with a needle in a nightclub yeah no, you absolutely. know and it is such a new thing that like you're fearful of so many things already and it's just another thing to go in there <laughs> yeah, you know absolutely. and it's just it's the fact that if you're at a nightclub the bouncers seem more worried if you're bringing in drink than if someone's bringing in a weapon or something that's very true to a person mm. yeah um like we were talking before we started the podcast about like um the amount of spiking that has happened not just in ul but like all over the country mm. and it's just it's so like awful to see especially like all of these gir- girls like young women like 20s like even probably younger as well um how they're like so badly treated by like bouncers or like ambulance staff and anything like that like um it's just like so bad to see because like if you are spiked you're so helpless yeah yeah and like you just feel like perilous obviously like because someone has taken that away from you you're like you're not like you're not thinking straight yeah um and it's just it's really sad to see like you know like nightclub staff or bouncers like we were saying that like just don't seem to care I guess yeah like some places are very good I'm not going to say where just for the place's reputation but I was out at the start of the semester I was at my boyfriend we were having drinks and you know we were concerned because someone was messing with my drink and of course the first thing you do is go up to the bar and Mm -hmm. the bar treated us so lovely they removed the people straight away and like I felt safe then but like even since then that place has changed their age restrictions so now they're only over 19s um, which it kind of shows that that's how places have to are have to or are dealing with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a case where oh well, if we just get rid of that age group, we're getting away with we're, we're getting rid of the issue. Yeah. Um, which it's just kind of like it is a very tricky issue, and I think all people can do is try and educate themselves and educate the next generation yeah. to prevent these things from happening. Um, so it is, it's one of those things that we all have to take measures but by doing this now we're kind of giving facts and figures we're giving a place where people can start a conversation yeah yeah. and education is probably the best way to go about it i really think you need to start from such a young age like it's the culture like that's what i found it's it's okay to kind of degrade and talk about women in your group chats and kind of stuff like that you get what i mean i remember in secondary school and this is one thing that actually shocked me to the core and still does there is this thing called Jack in the Box. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. But basically, what a group of people will do is they'll pierce a condom and then throw it into the box, shake it up, and then while all of their friends will just like risk taking the one that's been pierced when they're going to have sex with a girl. Yeah. Uh, Which like, then they saw that as just kind of like a funny thing to do which it's not like I don't understand like and that was part of the culture do you mm-hmm. get what I mean like yeah. little things oh like that and it's being we excused. need to stop That's doing that yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like it is really scary and we were, we were even talking about um uh, the discord thing that happened a few years ago oh yeah yeah and I think that's such a it's a prevalent thing for women as well because you're aware of these things happening but when it's a case where your neighbour could have been in the group you know and especially when it was young men in this mm. you know and there were pictures of girls from all age groups all walks of life and it just it's it's scary because it makes everyone think about what they've done in the past yeah. even regardless if there was a picture of you or not it's like oh can yeah. i trust the person i'm with or can i trust my boyfriend can i trust my girlfriend like it is very scary 
Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, and then there's a whole topic of like revenge porn. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, if a relationship ends and then like if someone has still the possession of nudes, mm-hmm. they'll yeah. post it out and like it's just so like scary that like mm-hmm. you know it's like a position of power almost like yeah. over you like oh I have this if this gets out everyone's gonna think you're such like a freak or uh, like do you know what I mean like mm. yeah like the language I always use is so derogatory yeah to the woman strictly always, just the only woman. to the woman of um, course oh yeah have you seen the Pam and Tommy documentary no uh, I haven't finished it but it's that what I've is it about the first, like, few episodes. yeah it's about pa- Pamela Pamela Anderson and her partner at the time Tommy Lee mm-hmm. and she was really famous for Baywatch. Like, she was on the rise. Oh, wow. And she married Tommy Lee. I think he's from Motley Crue. Yeah, he's a drummer. So. Yeah, yes. Something like that. Um, but a tape of them got released. So someone broke into their home and released the tape. Okay. And it ruined her career. Her career will never recover. And, it, like, I think this is a great thing to kind of see how he still has a career. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. he wrote a book about it. But still... Don't get me wrong, regardless of if you're a man or a woman, it's an awful thing to go through. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was very much a case where she was seen as the one who was dirty, dirty promiscuous. Yeah. Like, it was such an awful thing to do. She did it with her husband. You exactly. Know? And yeah. it was something locked in their home for only them mm. and the whole world seen it. It's a massive invasion wow. of privacy. Yeah. Like. And it is a, like, it's, it is kind of seen with a lot of celebrities that those kind of things get exposed. But I think even in particular, like every secondary school that I know oh. of, there's been a scandal like that. Uh, yeah, there has. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, some bit of something like that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, I remember when I was in secondary school, it's like so glamorized. I don't know if like in towns and cities, but definitely in the countryside, like there is a lot older, like 18, 19, like leaving their ages. Mm. Like dating, like TYs, like yeah. crazy. Yeah, what's that about? It like sixteen-year-old yeah. TYs, and there was like this, um, this incident where this TY girl's pictures were sent around the school, and everyone had them. Yeah. I like. I wouldn't even be surprised if like people from outside of the school had them. It spread so quickly. It was, like this happened in like two days, and the pictures got taken down. But the person who sent them, who everyone knew sent them because that was the source, never got. Like, it just went away. And that yeah. happens a lot. It just goes away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if you were to consider, like, what happens in those relationships, mm-hmm. like, that's statutory rape. Yeah. It is, no matter uh, it what is. way you put it. And people get away with it so quickly, so easily, and you can't even play the consent card or anything. No. Because no. that person's, like, brain actually hasn't developed enough to know fully even if they do know fully it's still illegal and people get away with it so easily it's crazy especially in secondary schools i think now though like it's only a new law that has and it's nicknamed coco's law and i remember studying it last year and a girl i don't know her last name but i know her name is nicole and she was nicknamed coco and um she experienced something similar and she later committed suicide and it's a really sad wow. story um, and but her mum kind of advocated for the loss mm-hmm. of change and with that support and with her story they made that you can be prosecuted now for sharing out images great. um which is a, it's a great thing that like there are repercussions now and there's repercussions if your intent and i say intent very <laughs> lightly because mm-hmm you're putting the image out there. Yeah. You know, if your intent is to harm the person or if you're just doing it for fun or for laughs, you're still doing it at the person's Exactly, expense. absolutely. Um, and I think that's a huge component of it too, is the lad culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. The lad culture. Yeah. Um, Bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Let's come back to this. Um, but I think that's the thing, you know, and it's 
the way people talk about things like we're here we're four women talking about this openly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and we can talk about it, our experiences and we're we're being vulnerable but I think and I don't want this to be misconstrued but when men do it it's like oh you see like the lads go back then yeah. and it's like yeah. oh my god look at this guy do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Like, um like I think it's even how issues are dealt with like you had a really good point Amanda mm-hmm. um you can say it yourself about you know the books you were reading and stuff yeah of course um so lately guys I have been reading um I finished normal people so I just found an interesting uh, part that I was reading with Connell and his um, economics teacher, I think, where they actually hooked up, but he was really, really drunk. And I just didn't like that they kind of brushed over that. And it was like, fine, like he was really, really drunk. He didn't really want to do it. He was trying to push her off. And she was like, oh no, it's fine, it's fine. Until he actually said, I'm gonna get sick. And then she got off him. But it was just like, he was really uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And I also found as well at secondary school, there was a lot of that going on with teachers yeah. kind of eyeing up some of the students and stuff, yeah. which I thought yeah. was Absolutely. so weird. Especially younger teachers, I feel like. You know, like yeah. the age gap isn't that big between like a sixth year and maybe like a student teacher. There's probably yeah. like two, three years of a difference. Yeah. yeah, there was a case though not that long ago. and It was in the news and mm. it was that a student teacher was out in a nightclub mm. and she got with a person, she got with a boy. And it turns out the boy was one of her students when she started wow. teaching there the next week. Mm-hmm. And her career was ruined. Completely destroyed. Oh my god. You know? Um, but you see other instances where you go into a secondary school and you're aware that there's some teachers who have a reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, let it, like regardless, there's going to be rumours about teachers. Yeah. Because it's kids saying, yeah. oh, this person. They're brutal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the idea that, like, oh, if this is common knowledge about this teacher acting in a way that's inappropriate that they're still led away with it Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean and there's concerns if you're going into secondary school you're 12 or 13 you're very scared going in anyway yeah um but it that that's the kind of whole stigma around it and you don't feel protected yeah you know and I feel like that follows us especially into going to college yeah you know yeah like if we're at home we have our parents here our family we have our friends when we're going to college, we're all on our well, not that we're all on our own, but some like it's a completely new environment. Oh yeah, new people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of that whole reintroduction to a new way of life, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I also had to bring in another issue as well when it actually does come to women, because um, defending themselves. Because I would say like I could be a bit aggressive if a man's coming on to me, like I will push him off. I'm like, don't touch me. But why is it that? we it always has to get to a point where we have to be aggressive yeah. for men to listen to us no, like if i just say no i don't want to get with you it's oh no come on come on come on until i'm actually like no i don't want to get with you like yeah. leave me alone yeah. and then yeah. it's oh this bitch is crazy and all this like uh, what absolutely yeah. I, I, do you know what i mean yeah, no, yeah, that you're a well, yeah. you stand up for yourself oh you're ugly anyway yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. 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 <laughs> but that's the thing i think it's even like if you say you're in a relationship with someone, they take that as like, oh, they're not here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's just a case where it's simply like, maybe you don't want to get with anyone that night. Maybe you just, you're there with your friends. And if you're, if you are single or anything, you know, like you might be an attractive person, you might want to get with anyone, but it's a case where you're demonized then. Yeah. Yeah. If 
you don't oh, get yeah. with them. Either you know? a tease or a prude. Yeah, a tease. Yeah. It's your fault. Well, it's your fault that they're unsatisfied. Oh, yeah. 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 It's your fault. <laughs> they're just like, they just get so pissy at you. They're like, it's crazy. It's like, I didn't, I didn't want to get with you anyway. Yeah. yeah. So then why did you ask? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Like, absolutely. It's a joke. Yeah, no, like it is. It's, it's wild to think about. But, um, like one of the final things we kind of had that we wanted to talk about was precautions that we take. And I know we've covered a lot of them. Um, but I think it's, you know, the whole, the way we have to dress, which we did delve into a lot of. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it's something we were actually talking about, and I think it would be really interesting for us to bring up, was the rugby trial that happened not that yeah, long ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was very much a case where the woman was villainized mm -hmm. for what she was wearing, how she was dressed, and, like, it's a common thing. Like, you hear the way older generations talk about how women yeah. dress, you know, yeah. and I think it's... The way I dress, I dress to make me feel exactly. how I want to. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. if I want to look pretty, I'll dress pretty, you know? Exactly. Um, and if that's, like, it's so sad to think about, especially with that trial, um, that her underwear was on display. And the defense's whole prosecution or, like, story against yeah. her was that she wore lingerie in a matching set. That meant that she was giving her consent and that she wanted to have sex. I can't um, believe that. Yeah, no. but that's the thing. It's just, like... It's so scary to think about, mm -hmm, you yeah. know, that like even if you want to feel good for yourself, that that could be used against you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like as well the whole consent thing, people are like, oh, because this, she consented or he consented mm -hmm. because it happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that you can consent and then unconsent, I don't know if that's the right word, no, is it? Yeah. But take yeah. back the yes, consent. You, you, you literally can do that. Like I don't think people understand just because you say yes, you can change your mind if you don't want to be yeah. in that yeah. place at that time and you think you just don't want to be there. You don't yeah. have to have an excuse for it. Period. And people are like, yeah, it's her fault. She wore this. She didn't even say it. If she did, well, I wasn't there. No one was there to know except for the people that were on trial. But whether she did or not, her underwear definitely doesn't justify it. No, it doesn't. she doesn't need to justify it with words either. Definitely. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. But I think we are definitely moving in a better place. Like, even in UL, they had the consent workshops that were mandatory to go to. Yeah. And even having that, it means that people are aware of what consent is and, you know, how to go around those kind of things. Because I feel like every, like, in my secondary school anyway, we received no education in relation to sexual oh. violence, consent, yeah. you know. Yeah. No. And I think it's good that we're getting that now in college. Yeah. Don't worry, it shouldn't have to come at this stage in our lives and it shouldn't have to be a conversation. Not. I was it's really happy about that workshop. Yeah, no, it was really good. It was so good. Yeah, it was really good. It's, it's too late for some people though. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, it's so sad. In first year of college, you might have needed that consent talk when you were 14 and yeah. you didn't know it. Yeah. yeah. And even with like sex ed and all them like little courses that they gave you in TY and stuff. It, I don't mean to say little courses because they're no. important, but the majority of it was centered around how to make sure a man doesn't get a girl pregnant. Exactly. Yeah. It's That's not about what it was. Can a girl catch something? Can a man catch mm -hmm. something? It was literally don't put a baby in somebody yeah. and here's yeah. how to do it for a man. And then it's like women, if it happens, it happens. Sorry. Like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, talk yeah. of abortion like morning after pills yes in case it was like oh now they have an excuse to go do what they want you mm -hmm. know what i mean mm -hmm. and that's yeah. just how i saw it anyway because my school was mixed and it yeah. was completely centered towards men and men's like perception of sex and intimacy and everything and it was never anything about would you actually like to do this yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i think like the main message that i got from my 
brief sexual sexual education history in secondary school was the only way you can't get pregnant is abstinence and they really mm. pushed that oh message, my God, yeah. you know oh and i'm like yeah we're sitting there and this is sixth year you wow, know so yeah. it's not like they're dealing with second and third years we're sixth year students sitting there like yeah the only way that you can't get pregnant is if you don't do it yeah. and you know these are you could even see the teachers kind of like their faces like oh, we don't want to have to be giving you this yeah. message yeah you know yeah. and i didn't go to a catholic school but it was Catholic dominated secondary yeah. school yeah. Yeah. Um, and we did this in our religion class so our sexual health class was in conjunction with our religion, religion class God. you know yeah. so it was like there was a sense of hypocrisy behind it mm-hmm. you know yeah like I even remember like I went to a Catholic all-girls school and I remember I have this vivid memory in I'd say it was second year or third year we had this like young religion teacher and I remember she started to talk to us about because around that time it was the repeal of Gates movement, yeah. mm-hmm. and I remember we were just kind of discussing it because it was so topical. And I remember she actually got into trouble with the school over it because mm. they were like, "Oh, it doesn't like cooperate with our views our or morals, whatever." Yeah. And like, I probably would have the same experience to you when it comes to sex education. Like, we were just kind of told, "Look, here, here are your bits. Here are their bits. <laughs> yeah. Just don't get pregnant." <laughs> like, I think we maybe got a list of what the STIs were, but like, no actual like. You know, information. Information. Like, honestly, I feel like I gained way more information from watching that TV show, Sex Education. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I learned way more from that than I ever did in school. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, I I feel like most teenagers or even like even people in their 20s or 30s I feel like everyone learned so much from that show yeah more than they probably learned in like a traditional school environment but that's the thing I think it's very much like it's good to kind of see that there it's not a I'm trying to think of the word to use it's not a taboo subject anymore no no you know I'm having shows and platforms like that that it's very like people can research it like Google's a great thing yeah but there's so much information you don't know where to start and you don't know Mm -hmm. what's true so I think having a show like that does definitely yeah. give us a lot more to work on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even like you said, the religion classes, I feel like Ireland is like, everyone's like, we're so old fashioned. Yeah. Like, duh, 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 duh. like, that's not an excuse because if it happened to you or your sister or your brother or your mom or your dad yeah. and someone got assaulted, then you wouldn't be saying it's such an old fashioned country. Exactly. We're yeah. so behind the yeah. world. Like, we're not that behind. Like, yeah, no. if everyone has a phone and everyone's able to access any sort of pornography or anything, revenge porn, child porn, anyone's able, if you look hard enough, you can find anything. And if they're able to access that, they're able to learn to not do that. Yeah, do you yeah. Know what I, mean? I think, like, TikTok's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when I, obviously, musically was before TikTok. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, but I think I initially downloaded it when I was in maybe second year. And straight away from then, and I had my age, my gender, and I was seeing explicit things Definitely. at that age. And I was like, oh my God. And obviously I'd report them straight away because I knew what I was, because even at that age, I was like, this isn't yeah. right. Yeah. You know, if I can see this, who else can see this? Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think you see it still, even with TikTok, is there's parents are being villainized for having their kids dancing, mm-hmm. you know. Like Charlie D'Amelio, she received a lot of backlash yeah. I think, last year. Because she was wearing a bikini dancing. Yeah. Um, and it is an innocent thing to do. But it's the fact that people view it in that way and mm-hmm. go and look at it and that they're yeah. they're getting something from it. And that she was held under such, like, hot fire and as were her parents. Um, 
and I think it is sad that she was just trying to make content. Don't exactly. get me wrong, it's very, like, she has a huge platform. Yeah. She has an insanely huge platform. And the fact that at such a young age, she has to restrict what she wants to post mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because she'll receive such slander, as her parents would too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is, like, it's just, it's one of those things that yeah. people have to live with now, you know? And, oh yeah, Jenny, what were you going to I was just going to say, like, I find as well, uh, with violence against women, it's, like, all of, why is it that all of the responsibility is put on us? Yeah. In oh. regards to before you even get assaulted or anything like that in danger like get home before it's late whatever don't go out wearing those type of clothes and don't kind of draw attention to yourself one earphone out when you're walking home kind of like that mm-hmm. so it already before you even do anything or if any person comes and attacks you you already have to do that and then when it is if it is a case where someone does attack you or something it's oh but like what were you wearing did you drink did you drink too much like you know that kind of issue as well mm-hmm. and then everything afterwards so if it is, is a case where you do get sexually assaulted, assaulted and bring it to court and stuff like that you can get completely destroyed like yeah. and in one of the books I was reading with um, Chanel Miller her book is called Know My Name she actually came out from being uh, Emily Doe because she was at one point and I don't know if you heard about this case um, it was back in 2015 and she was sexually assault- assaulted outside in the University of Stanford by a former Stanford swimmer and he got six months in jail and and three years probation but after two years he got out after three months Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that was just completely disgraceful because she got completely demolished in court like everything came out everything and her image was destroyed. She was a Stanford University, like I'm pretty sure that's like pretty high level yeah, in the yeah. US. It's an Ivy League, so, one, I think. Ivy League, yeah. yeah, I think it is. So it's just like you go through that as well. You get demolished in court, and then you have to live with that mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I was just, I was just so proud of her for coming out and from being anonymous, and it was amazing. Like I'd really recommend you guys to read it if you got a chance. Yeah. And I think stories like that where people kind of stand back up for themselves, but it's even that kind of idea that. Even I, I'm not aware of the case and I'm not aware of the logistics, but even the fact that she was standing outside of her university. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. idea that like you presume that it's a place that's safe, that there's people around yeah. you. Yeah. You know, and I think even reverting back to what you're saying about having, you know, a plan, not wearing earphones. Yeah. You know, you look around, you see where you are. You okay? There's cars driving by. I can stop mm-hmm. the car if someone goes for me, or mm-hmm. I can start banging on the doors. But even it was a case two weeks ago. I was walking home from the cinema and a group of lads in a car started shouting at me mm-hmm. and I was on my own my yeah. friend had just turned off to go down his alley and I was like oh my god what am I going to do mm-hmm. what if they try the fear yeah, yeah and I mean they didn't do anything to me but the stuff that they were saying was quite vulgar yeah and it was the idea that like they could exactly mm-hmm. and there was four boys in the car so each of them were aware what was happening what was going on mm-hmm. and it was a case where it was like you're letting these people get Yeah, why aren't you doing anything? Exactly, no, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's nearly worse. Like, if you're aware of what your friends are doing and you're associating those people yeah. still. You're a bystander. Yeah. Like. Exactly. Yeah, um, what do you think of the bystander effect, actually? I oh, think yeah. it's wild, yeah. Um, but it started from a woman in New York, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, she was murdered. And it was the fact that you could hear screaming mm-hmm. and it was a prolonged thing and still no one did anything. No. Um, but I think that's part of the thing, is, like, if people kind of don't let these things happen and get away with and we all kind of join together rather than feeling like if you're going to stand up for pressing you're not doing it alone yeah Mm -hmm. you know yeah 
um, and even to bring back what Naya said about like lads and cars and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I, when I'm going out, I'd like you know get ready in my house and then walk over to my friends mm-hmm. and like whatever. That's like a ten minute walk, and like obviously I'd be wearing like whatever like skirt or a dress. And like it's happened like a few times now where guys have like honked the horn or like you know like just said something inappropriate. And if it was my friends, like if there was another girl with me, I just flip them off. Yeah. And yeah. I would just be like, screw you. But when you're on your own, it's such a different. You don't know what to do. You don't. Yeah, you don't know what to do, and like, it's just like scary because like, yes, you can still flip them off, but what if he stops the car? Exactly. Yeah. And like, what if like you know? So what if something else happens? Like, what if it escalates? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Like. It's like it you can't even stand up for yourself. Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. I was with my boyfriend in Galway, and like this was the middle of the day, and we were walking through like the middle of Galway Air Square, and um, I was wearing I'm wearing a fleece right now. You obviously can't see, but <laughs> I am wearing a fleece. Yeah. And um, we were walking through Air Square, and I passed, and this man must have been 65, 70, and he passed me, yeah. and he made a comment on my chest, and like seriously, I, I yeah, honestly, my boyfriend was standing right beside oh me God. as well, mm-hmm. and I kept walking. And my boyfriend didn't hear, and I turned around, and he stopped, and he turned around and looked at me again. The same man. He made he like oh my god, I was just gobsmacked, and then I went on the train and I cried. <laughs> and I, <laughs> but, um, no, it was just so scary because it was in the middle of the day in like definitely the most built up part of Galway. Yeah. You, couldn't, you couldn't get like a more like there are not even cars like you're it's a park essentially mm-hmm. like you're in the middle of a park with kids and everything and this old man like this creep just came up and said it and God. I was like how many more people like I was if I was wearing a fleece if someone was wearing something like Cut anything even a t-shirt yeah. Like, yeah. if your arms were exposed imagine what he'd say oh it was just so scary the fact that people do things like that not that doing it in the dark is any better it's obviously a lot as, as much if not a lot mm-hmm. scarier but I can't believe someone had like the audacity Middle to like, daylight. say that. Daylight, that like. is crazy. It's because you think you are safer yeah. like, in the daytime, but you're not. You know what I mean? Uh, and yeah. I think it's the fact that people feel as though they can just attack a person mm-hmm. and have like they can like that man went on about his day. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I probably didn't think about it twice. No. Yeah. No. I'm probably done it again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, but those are the kind of things that stick with people. You know, it makes you more conscious as an individual. Like, oh right. I was wearing this fleece. Yeah. You know, when I go out, do I have to wear something different, or do, how how can I cover myself up more, or how do I avoid this happening again? Mm-hmm. You know, and those are the kind of things yeah. that go through people's heads, mm-hmm. rather than that person did a bad thing. You know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like you have to worry about how you're going to protect yourself rather than getting help in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys, this was like I don't want to think it's a really long podcast, but like we really enjoyed talking today. And um, is there any points people want to finish up on, or um, no, not particularly. Just like a huge thanks to the research team. Yeah, they put in a lot of work with statistics, and kind of given us a basis and a background for what we were talking about today. We genuinely couldn't do this if the research team wasn't here because it was a lot of help. So thank you so much to them, and thank you for everyone that let us, Conan and Amy, that let us use just the studio. It was very helpful and very useful, otherwise we would be recording off our phones and it wouldn't sound as good. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank guys. you so much. Thank guys. you so much guys. <laughs>